Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Mel Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. Uh, 15. Hey, that's pretty good. I love a 15. I feel like it's the only safe number. (laughs) (laughs) It's high enough, but not too high? Yes. Like, like it's it's so middle of the road. It's just so like you're probably gonna pass. Like it's it's mm-hmm. the C plus of rolls. <laughs> you gotta love 15, it. Fifteen, truly the C plus of rolls. <laughs> Put it on a t shirt. We're doing great. <laughs> We're back at it. Like we haven't missed a beat. Oh, it's been so long. It feels like it has, yeah. but I have I so many life changes has. in this time. I've grown <laughs> up. I've got like three kids now. It's crazy. Yeah. And you had a 20 take off on its own? Yeah, yeah. I, d- I mean, I assume I assume that D20 will turn up at some point, or maybe it went back to Dice Planet because its people need I, it. it just, I don't know. I imagine it with its little bindle. And yes, just like, it shows back up with a yeah, hat. Yeah, a little... I guess. It's like it's this is my Disney Channel movie about the like magic D twenty right that that yeah, only shows yeah, up when gosh. you need it. TM TM mm-hmm. TM. This is so good. This is a great idea. We're on it. It's the wait, best wait, maybe it's Pixar. That's better. Ooh, there you yes. go. Definitely. So a lot's happened mm-hmm. since. Um, but I'm pretty sure today we're going to be talking about kind of our takeaways from the the Adventure Zone Zone, which yes. turns us into the 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 Adventure Zone Zone Zone. Yes. Are we so you just sound very stuttery. And then I was hoping to get a little bit into the adventures of Bigfoot or whatever they call it. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about the Ballad of Bigfoot. Fantastic. We're we're all set. We got to at least give it a moment. So where where do we want to start? I'll start us off. Um, I think it's interesting the amount of things Griffin built mm-hmm. and had prepared like in case they got to yeah. mm-hmm. just the amount of times throughout the entire episode it came up you know with Indrid and the Sears mm-hmm. and the countenance monster and oh my gosh what a good name too that's a great yeah, name like- I'm glad we learned that yeah I mean I, I I'm not surprised by this information because I think I always thought no. you know he's definitely got a notebook, you know, not yeah. a physical one, probably, like but a Bible. Yeah, yeah, but he's got he's got notebooks somewhere on on a lot of things mm-hmm. that they're probably not going to get into because you never know, right? I mean, that's the right. the whole collaborative yeah. nature of it that you're you know you you have to put in all these doors that they can open if they choose, but you have to know what's right. behind them whether they open them or not, right? Yeah. Well, and as a writer myself, uh, you always do have kind of like oh, and then this will happen, and, and like you've mm-hmm. got all these spider webs. That take Just off. Just in case. And yeah. it it sucks when you can kind of get to the end of a chapter or the end of a story and be like, I never even talked about that. Oh, and it was yeah. so good in my head. And then you're just like, oh, I'll write a side B. I'll yeah. write a little off drabble. And then you don't because you get a job and life happens. Yeah. Well, I hope he does do his little tell-all that he oh mentioned. Oh, my God. I think that would be really good. I would good. give anything. How We want to see the books, Griff. That would be such a good... Yeah. Okay, one, I want a picture of him, like, a very serious Griffin McElroy pose. In, like, a leather office. Absolutely. All leather. Yeah. Every yeah. piece of it. All leather books, leather chair, leather computer. Mm-hmm. Done. Um, and then, yeah, and that's, it's, it's his just like, maybe Griffin bears all and it can get real, <laughs> real racy. But, oh, what a good, that would be such a good, uh, maximum fun bonus drive mm. 
situation. Yeah, like, it really would. Really, really would. Yeah. Just tell us everything. I was. I think I was picturing when, when you started talking about that and when he mentioned it more like a making of art book. So I think. Oh. Yeah, I yeah. think I was. I was. But then we now have very that, different minds, Anne. Yeah. Although now that I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking, would it be all of the Adventure Zone and not just Griffin's arcs? And then does that mean that that you know lovingly presented on on glossy uh. coffee table book pages? Are we going to get like Clint's photoshopped <laughs> maps? <laughs> oh please. <laughs> Only for that, I need this book to exist. Yes. <laughs> Adventuring the zone? What are we going to call it? I don't know. Like it? I like it. Quick, let's start a publishing company. You got this. <laughs> Do this. But no, I would I would also be very be very interested to hear um, you know, I mean, I I I understand the sort of complicated balance of not necessarily always wanting to say too much um about the the paths you didn't follow or sure. what your thoughts were going to be because I think you always risk that if you keep sort of taking the story apart like that, that, that you take some of the magic out of it for the audience. But, right. but I'm also really, my, my conflict is that I'm also really interested in process. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm, I'm glad they did that. They did decide to do another, the, the adventure zone zone, because I'm always, I'm always interested. And I think a lot of times they say things that confirm stuff that, that either I thought or that we sort of came to those conclusions yeah. together and then there's yes. always at least one thing where i'm like oh well, i didn't even think of that <laughs> i didn't i didn't right. see that yes. you know at all i'm very glad mm-hmm. we had this another one mm-hmm. I, I think we're all like counting on it so i'm glad yeah. they, they came yeah mm-hmm. uh one of my big things was them finally talking about why people got exiled mm-hmm. yes yeah and knowing that yeah it's a jean valjean situation like i had to steal <laughs> some bread to feel my family like that so now i do want like little side arcs about how our mains got there because i feel yeah. like the mothman mm-hmm. left these little like, just, like later days yeah. i gotta get out i feel like barclay was trying to do a good thing and got the boot or mm-hmm. maybe he was a troubled teen it was like i'm gonna find my own way and like left was like oh that was a bad idea and then they're like let me back in like now and now he's not allowed <laughs> Yeah, and I felt like there was maybe the the possibility there of even though Griffin specifies that he thinks that most of the crimes were related to uh, your your crystal footprint, I guess, like taking too much power from Sylvain. <laughs> but but it it I think you the door too fancy a car. Get out. <laughs> I, I think the door was still open though for that some of those people had maybe done something else wrong or had just been because of yeah. what was happening to their society had been ostracized for some other reason, and that was mm-hmm. a good excuse to be like, well, we're just going to exile yes. you. So I I think right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's a possibility for a lot more depth there of, of how these characters wound up on mm-hmm. Earth or whether, you know, for some of them it was, he, he did say some of them it may have just been an accident and then they couldn't come back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it would be very interesting to get almost a little, um, the Transformers comics would do um, spotlight mm-hmm. comics uh-huh. yeah. on like, this one's just about Sideswipe and it would be cool to get like a spotlight on yeah. Barclay, a spotlight uh-huh. on Danny. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Or or in 10 years it's going to be in the the big adventure zone encyclopedia yes yeah i can't wait for that book yeah the star wars novels used to come out with these little like the adventures yeah. of jabba oh, yeah. palace and he would get all those vignettes. little side oh god they were the best it's like these are my favorite this is a great idea because i think even with this idea you know even if these were stories that griffin didn't have completely planned mm-hmm. it could be something like one of those um anthologies where you get a bunch yeah. of different writers to be like yes. oh, oh i get to work so on danny's good. story and yeah. then of course you're working with griffin to make no, sure it yeah. all tracks uh-huh. but i think that would be really neat that would be oh, cool that'd be so fun oh i gotta get writing we're full of great ideas in this episode <laughs> girls <laughs> that 15 that solid c plus yes. 15 <laughs> it's really working for us <laughs> 
I actually, I have a question. Oh. If we want to do that. Yeah. Yes, please. So they talked about balance being this grand epic versus amnesty being episodic mm-hmm. and spontaneous, which we cover and they covered a bit throughout the arc happening. Um, But I wondered this. Did you girls feel like things were more dire in balance or amnesty? It's, I feel like it's almost hard to say because what I remember most in balance is the ending mm-hmm. uh-huh. in which everything yeah. was very dire. It's, got it. From like Wonderland on, you're just like, oh my God, like mm-hmm. hard times. Yeah. Although, I mean, even in Petals to the Metal, though, I mean, I think there were, you know, there were some close calls in terms of their individual stakes in, in, the, in that for sure. Yeah. But I, do, I feel like the feeling was more like upbeat and yes. loosey-goosey and yes. funny. I agree. Versus... Sure. I agree with Clint with putting it into a real world situation. It takes... Gave it some weight. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, having police there like, okay, now we've got to work around them. It's not (laughs) just, yeah, throw the body over the cliff. Let's go. (laughs) Right. It absolutely changed the dynamics for sure. Well, and that's why I figured I would ask because as he was saying it, I was like, you know, I felt like I was more heightened in balance, but I think you actually hit the nail on the head, Brittany. And I think it's because... We all listened to Balance. We got into it at the end. Mm-hmm. So we could just shotgun all of the episodes. So it was almost like, even if it had felt more dire, we wouldn't have known it because we weren't listening to the 11th hour as it was happening, right. per se. So right, it was right, almost right. like, well, we know they're going to be fine because I'm, I am I know the latest episode that's waiting for me when uh-huh. I catch up yeah. is, you know, 20 episodes from now. Mm-hmm. So it was just an interesting thing. But I think that is it. Balance felt... A little more dire to me, but I think it could be because we came in during the stolen century. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's complicated because I think there's this sort of, because I think Mm -hmm. I got in, I started listening maybe a little bit sooner than you guys did. I'm not sure. I mean, I know people- actually after me. I do remember Was I after? Okay. See, Uh because people know their podcast anniversaries. I am, I am not. (laughs) Oh, I do. (laughs) I cannot store this information in my brain. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, some of it, the difference has to do with play style, right? Because I mean, they've they've sort of yes. evolved as storytellers, so they're going to have a a different relationship to their characters' stakes, maybe than the audience did. Because we may have been at that point more invested in their characters than they were, which is not you know True, not anything yeah. negative about them. Just to say, like they may we may have formed a, a deeper connection faster than they did, um, just mm-hmm. because it's it's different being an audience member. That makes but, sense. But um, I think we talked about. The idea of stakes in the smaller scale um, before on our show that uh, it's not just setting it in ostensibly the real world and removing a lot of the the kind of easy outs of magic. I think that um, anytime you make stakes more personal, you make them more meaningful. And that's not maybe not universally true, but there's sort of this idea um, in modern movies. I think there's a lot of tendency to think that more of something makes it better. Or makes it yeah. more more effective. So, like, if you're mm-hmm. doing a scene that's that's some kind of fight, you just keep adding more and more and more bad guys, right? And then it feels more and more <laughs> dire. But sometimes it's the small scale, like it's the small things that 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 affect you more as an individual. Um, and and I think that that uh, Amnesty benefited from that a little bit. That you know, when you have, it's almost like if you have less to lose it's more to lose because it's, it's your personal yeah. world instead of the world at large. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like the bigger the scale, the more ambiguous it gets. Yeah, I mean, somebody can tell you, you know, the world is in danger and you have a concept of what that means is is worse than my friend is in danger because it's a lot more people, right? So it seems like it's something that right. it's going to affect more people. But in terms of how yes. it affects you, you may be more affected by person I know really well is in danger. This one person. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. 
I'm, I'm realizing this this is basically the the Star Trek <laughs> Kirk Spock scene <laughs> question um, of of how uh, how stakes and and sacrifice affects individual characters regardless of the scale. But um, you're our spot. <laughs> we'll get you the ears. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I mean, I think it is a, uh, I think it's something that, that people encounter a lot in storytelling. And that's, that's why, you know, they pivoted an entire Star Trek movie around it. And it's, it's one of the scenes that, that is the most iconic um, in, in the run of probably that entire show, um, just in general, in that universe, the idea of uh, the needs of the many and the needs of the few. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that um, they, they were maybe running up against that a little bit. So I'm, I'm curious to see what they do in the next arc in terms of um, how they handle scale and how they handle stakes. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think it's, there's not a right answer. They're just different answers. Yeah, that's exactly it. Jumping off of that, I think this is in kind of that same vein where I know Griffin had mentioned it and Justin had mentioned it where they were like, they wanted to be in the midst of it so bad, Mm -hmm. like coming off of the success of balance and how well they knew the balance world and the balance characters. It's like, I want that again, like immediately. Mm -hmm. I don't want to build Mm -hmm. into it. And it is hard to kind of sit back and let it happen gradually when you're like, but I want that feeling of fulfillment and connection. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm hoping, and I like that they all kind of, you know, cop to it. Like, yeah, I felt that I, I, I pushed Aubrey too hard and then I had to pull back and, Mm -hmm. Um, it was kind of a neat analogy of with balance, they were kind of building mm-hmm. as they went. Yeah. And with amnesty, they were kind of chipping away. Right. That was yeah. a great like, metaphor. What, what do you actually look like underneath all this? I was like, oh, that's so good. Like, look yeah. at you guys go. So I'm really excited for what they're going to do with graduation and who we're going to see. And yeah. having Griffin be an actual player character is going to be wild. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> We've got little glimpses of it before. Mm-hmm. And I always mm-hmm. appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I I respect that they were talking about how they handled character development at the beginning of Amnesty, that they were willing to to categorize it as mistakes, um, because yeah. I think that I think that being willing to say that as a creator is a really powerful thing to say. I think Absolutely. maybe I made the wrong choice instead of trying to retroactively Agreed. justify all of your choices. Um, to sometimes be like, uh, I think maybe actually I should have done that differently than I did, and this is why. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I think uh, you know, there's a great joy to watching that that process, like that's maybe larger than the sum of any missteps that they think that they might have made in terms of mm-hmm. yeah. how they wish they might have handled it. Um, I don't know. That's true. I feel like we have a really rare opportunity to see it happen live. Yeah. Like it, right. it happens organically in front of us and you don't get that in TV or you don't get that like extreme honesty about it. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, Absolutely. no, you're totally right. Because they're, I would say they're probably closer with their fans than a lot yeah. of content creators and like more aware and responsive. Not that they would ever bow to the whims of everybody. Sure. But mm-hmm. yeah, talk about their presence. They're conscious yeah. of it. They're very conscious. of yeah. It. yeah, It's very immediate for them, I think. Um, which is, uh, you know, a very dangerous thing potentially for for everybody, mm-hmm. but yeah. but certainly a powerful one as well. And and I think at least in yes. some cases has been very helpful to them and has pushed them to be better. You know, to keep Absolutely. to keep seeking to how, for how to do that. Yes. And you know that's that's really important. I mean, I, I I actually talked about this a little bit on Twitter in the middle of the night, so I don't really know who saw it. <laughs> <laughs> um, my international friends, yeah, they always get the benefit of this the stuff. Yeah. Probably happened. four p.m. for me. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Not on Twitter. Ever. Right. Yeah. Terrible. But um, there is this uh, this complicated thing I think that is happening in their community 
between them uh, and their stories because they're doing it collaborative collaboratively to begin with. Um, so they have yeah. kind of their little universe. I mean, all stories, I think, or most stories fundamentally are very, are very collaborative. You know, TV and film are very collaborative. Comics are collaborative. Yeah. But, right. um, you know, the, the immediacy of that collaboration is really obvious in tabletop games. Um, but then, you know, they've also got the fans and they've got feedback from the fans and then the fans are kind of doing their own thing in their little universe. And then there's kind of us. <laughs> I think like we're this weird like human bridge between between the two in some ways of um you know how how we're choosing to to engage with the story and that we're sort of yeah. engaging with it in this really complicated way of of simultaneously analyzing it and then also here we are analyzing their analysis of how they tell the story <laughs> right. which is wild. I mean I I love it. It's just wild, you know, cuz you're we're we're constantly simultaneously inside of the snow globe of the story and outside of it uh just shaking the hell yeah. out of it and then and then the the complicated thing there is is and thing that i i think that we have done okay at but a thing that i worry about a lot is how we continue to be at that intersection with respect and i think that that's mm-hmm. something yes. for us it's something for fans it's something for them as creators of making sure that you know we're at this like four-way stop where everybody's needs and ideas are colliding with the story and uh you know it can be a car crash if we don't figure out like how we how we take turns and how we listen and pay attention to what the other people are doing and um you know not there's so much risk uh you know even even for them of of imposing your choices on somebody else or imposing your Mm -hmm. ideas on somebody else right i mean even for them i think clint saying that Justin was good character police, like, <laughs> right. That, that even having that, that analysis of themselves, what a useful thing that is sometimes. It really is. I love, I love two things about this. So I love Justin saying uh-huh. it was a backhanded compliment. And then Clint saying, no, I use my forehead. And I was like, Oh my God, this is so great. Um, but also I felt that deep in my soul. Cause I'm like, Oh, I am the character police when I play. Cause I'll mm-hmm. like, be mm. very aware of like no your character wouldn't do that no your character mm-hmm. wouldn't do I that think like it's important. i would like and i and i remember trav talking about this way back in balance it's like travis would do this but magnus yeah. wouldn't and i was like that is such a hard yes. line to walk sometimes when you're playing a character that's not yes. like you but it's so rewarding when you get into your character and you know like this is how they would react this is what they would do and i appreciate mm-hmm. justin being that for yeah. them Especially for Clint, yes. and especially at the beginning when he was still feeling his way through. And I think still we out know ahead, now yeah. that Clint is a powerhouse and knows exactly who his characters are, I think. Mm-hmm. Or they're really good at editing and we get that feeling where <laughs> now that, yeah, they really know their characters and they know what they would do. And the policing eases up once they get yeah. better acquainted, yeah. I think. Yeah. And not even just better acquainted yeah. with the characters, but with how the game runs and how they react to each their characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and how they react to each other, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think th- those gut checks are really important. Like, you have to be able to... Mm-hmm. If you can't always step outside of what, you're, what you want to do in a scene, having someone else who can do that yeah. for you and be like wait, actually, mm-hmm. maybe this isn't, maybe this doesn't make sense for you. Um, I, you know, right. I mean, yeah. and, and to not take it yeah. personally and know it is, it's narrative. It's, right. it's for the story. It's for you. Yeah. I mean, it can be micromanaging, <laughs> but in this, in these cases, I really don't think it is. I think they know each other well enough Agreed. that they can trust that mm-hmm. that's not yes. what's going on. As long as Justin's not like at the table, pushing his glasses up and like, <laughs> oh, actually, like, <laughs> which no. I feel like he would only do for laughs yeah, because yeah. it's of course Agreed. hilarious to mimic. <laughs> 
But yeah, I think even the way Clint is so appreciative of it, you uh-huh. you just know that it's coming from a place, one, of love, and two, a genuine desire for the best plays that they can get yeah. from each other. And you don't want to break the world. It's it's very easy to do that. Yeah. Right. All right, I'm raising the black veil from over my eyes. Uh, because they discuss <laughs> Ned's death, and I appreciated mm-hmm. their reasoning, and I appreciate really what Clint brought to the table regarding Ned. Yeah. And also just the the fact that everybody, you know, they got through balance and everybody survived. And tabletop games are games where people, you know, you lose your characters. And it almost mm-hmm. felt like with Amnesty, they needed to up those stakes or... Just remind people that there are stakes. Mm-hmm, yeah. And it wasn't for shock. It wasn't for any of that. It was just to give it some more gravitas, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like it did that. Yeah. I mean, there's a really complicated conversation, I think, that I've been seeing about, mostly about television, but in, also about gaming, um, about how you handle endings for characters and how you handle yeah. stakes and how that relates to death. Um, and I, I don't, I don't think that, that it's a subtle, a subtle question that has like an easy answer. Um, I mean, I asked a question about how they, how they dealt with, um, the idea of death in, in this arc, which was not answered, although it was also sort of semi answered. Um, I think it was maybe too yeah. complicated a question for this format, but, um, <laughs> but there's always this, this question of like, do you want to present that a character has death as an inevitable end? That, um, you know, that something like sacrifice, sure. uh, like, how do you make sure that 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 seems earned and warranted and not like something that you've done either for shock value or in a context that says, like, this is something that has to happen to this character? Um, and yeah. and I, I do think that they were clearly thinking about that because Griffin certainly made it very clear that there were outs here. Like there were ways for them to handle it differently. Yes. And it mm-hmm. wasn't completely, yeah. And it bit. wasn't like completely yeah. controlled yeah. by the dice, but that was also a factor. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, and I think that it's good that it was the culmination of a bunch of different factors of Clint feeling like maybe this was the end of Ned's story, but that it was less meaningful for him to run away, which was an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which would have also been heartbreaking. Agreed. Because I feel like that would almost take him backwards. Yeah. Uh, Totally From who he's become. Yeah. And who, yeah. Yeah. To then be like, oh, I'm out of here. Which, narratively, I would have loved it. Like, that would have been so neat and Mm -hmm. different. Uh, And then, of course, open the window. Like, maybe he'll be the heroic return. Sleep in at the end. Love it. Um, (laughs) But also, the way they handled it was so good. Because I remember when it happened, I was like, if they bring him back, I'm going to be so disappointed. It really would. And and they mentioned this, that when a character dies in D&D, great. You grab their ashes, you find a mystic, and you Mm -hmm. bring them back. Like, Mm. sometimes it's pretty severe and like oh their soul is gone or you know you don't have anybody you don't have enough money whatever it might be but whatever i've played it's been like oh grab their finger (laughs) like that's enough and let's go yeah i mean i they definitely put a lot of thought into it in general and and you know i mean they also dealt with it later and i think that that bringing back the idea of of not just a conclusion for for nez's story but um how that factors into everybody else's story uh, and the world in general, yeah. that if they hadn't done that, I think it would have been very different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, those, those kinds of decisions, you, you have to make them on a character by character basis. There's never a right answer yes. for, for every story. 
Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and speaking of right answers, was anybody else very surprised to have it not had uh, it never occurred to me that Aubrey could potentially have cured Thacker way earlier in the oh story? And we don't know how that would have I affected have... what what uh, Clint would have ultimately played if he would have played Thacker in the end or if Ned might have died sooner or what right? would have happened. Hearing that was so intriguing I'm like ooh, this is that shit mm-hmm. and like just knowing that griffin was like sitting there waiting will it happen <laughs> uh-huh. won't it happen i'm like yeah. this is brilliant that's how you build a story yeah imagining being griffin i'm just like oh my god like did, did it touch <laughs> right did, did it happen like <laughs> <laughs> like throw it throw it go go <laughs> Hitting all the alarms in his house. Ah, it happened. This is not a drill. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. would happen. This is just hard turns. Yeah, it did make me wonder a little bit because when they were talking about things that surprised them in general, um, yes. and things that were and were not planned, and and when exactly they became planned. Uh, yeah, that uh, Griffin said that the the sort of Aubrey being Sylvain thing didn't really. Ooh, I almost said crystallize. Right, Yikes. That was not. Um, <laughs> it didn't crystallize. She's too deep. Uh, until they were, you know, uh, down in the, in the hole, like about, about to have that conversation. But obviously he had some idea of some connection to that concept before that, right. or he wouldn't have said mm-hmm. what he said about Thacker. That is mm-hmm. fascinating. Yeah. I guess. Is Griffin just lying to us left and right? <laughs> yes. All the I time. think we have to assume that it's just, um, you know, like we were talking about that there's a lot of doors that you may or may not go yes. through. And some of them oh, are yeah. sort of open a crack and you kind of know what's on the other side, but you haven't finalized it or, uh, you know, there are other factors that, that play uh-huh. into how it solidifies. Or right. there's a door, but then you could also take the fun water slide next to it, which lands you in the same place, but is yeah. definitely a different path. Yeah. Or you take the window and just fall. Or, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes Whoops. you slam through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. And then... Kool-Aid man, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, there's so many. You are never locked in a room, yeah. friends. Absolutely. You can always find a way out. I'm going to crawl through the attic fan. I wasn't surprised by Griffin saying that he didn't know that Aubrey was going to, like, melt the snow and kick off his rivalry with the Hornets. Because I thought in the moment he seemed a little surprised. I was um, partially surprised maybe by by the part about Billy being saved by by duck yeah i mean i think we talked about that and and i i sort of felt like it was a surprise but i was surprised by him confirming he was surprised (laughs) Mm -hmm. right i I feel like it had to be there are some things that happen where you're like there's no way he could have planned for this Mm -hmm. but then it's like i don't know i also i think i would not have been thrown off to hear if griffin's like yeah i had a plan in case one of the go men stuck around yeah you know yeah, I liked that that came, that most of the surprises came from these characters ultimately being pacifists, mm-hmm. that he set yes. up the story where that is, um, you know, I mean, if anything was going to be the antithesis of what they were doing in balance most of the time, I think being a pacifist <laughs> would probably be it. Uh, yeah, he mentioned Undertale, and it's like, yeah, uh Balance was sort of the genocide run a little bit, and then <laughs> <laughs> anesthesia, pacifist run, yeah. to the best of your abilities, in either case. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and even, and this was later on, this was toward the end, but the characters, or the surprising things, mm-hmm. um, I just want to say, Thacker saving Vincent being a surprise. Yeah. I know! I'm so <gasps> glad. I, yeah. I never even thought for a second that that could have no. been an option of just... My sweet Vincent. Vincent, I won't hear of it. I thought that was what was going to happen. Didn't we? T- I think did I you? talked about that. Yeah. You probably yeah, did. I think, yeah. I think, I think, well, I mean, maybe, boy, is that worrying about me? Like as a person, I was like, 
Ooh, and now something <laughs> terrible happens. Maybe he's going to die. I think it's just what happens when you are in these end world situations. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know. Well, and coming fresh off of the death of a main character, it's like, ooh, stakes are mm-hmm. up. Who Anything can happen. happen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also, Billy being uh, reconstructed, which I know we did talk about, mm-hmm. and that being a surprise to him. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. those are yeah. good surprises. Mm-hmm. I'm happy they happened. <laughs> yeah, it's those little moves that make everything flow, that just shape yeah. an entire future, just because they did one thing. And, like, isn't that and life? those past Straight up, things. like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Get super introspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in these cases, like we were saying with the pacifist thing, it was because they were so, in these moments, it wasn't so much about, like, oh, what do I do next to save this world? Mm-hmm. It's... This is my friend Vincent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to help him. Yeah. That's yeah. important to me. Yes. And I think that's really powerful and says something about them and their characters and the game in its entirety. Yes. I yeah. Think. I mean, I think the the story changing definitely had a lot to do with them approaching the gameplay differently. I mean, I know the gameplay itself yes. was also different, but, yeah. you know, I, I don't think that that was all of it. And certainly that Travis talks about that in this episode that, um, you know, he was he was approaching it maybe differently, how he was making his yes. choices and why. Uh, yeah, a little more spontaneous yeah. and a little bit more personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which we talked about last time, too. Um, you know, there's a little bit more of them instilled in these characters mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that's just, uh, you know, it's, it's growing as a player. It's growing as a storyteller. Um, it's growing, like, in your relationships that, that you become more comfortable, maybe, with with being vulnerable might be the right the right yes. word in terms of how you make yeah. your decisions. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it reflects. Mm-hmm. I feel like they've, they've come a long way with how they feel about rules, regardless of what <laughs> system they're playing in. <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. agree? I do. I yeah. do. And I'm I'm nervous about them be like, throw the rules out. Because I'm like, <laughs> I, I like rules. I like, but I also like, as long as you set them up, like, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Versus like, we're not going to follow the rule book completely, but we do have parameters. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Maybe it's like in drawing. Like when you are learning to draw like the human anatomy, mm-hmm. it's the the phrase we would use is once you know the rules you can start breaking them Absolutely. because you know what the rules are uh-huh. so yeah. you can thoughtfully break them where you need to mm-hmm. so maybe it's a similar situation yeah. but i, I mean you so. you need them as a support system too i mean i, yeah. I think uh, yeah the sort you of, still need to know they're still trying what you're yeah because they're trying to find this balance still between um the infinite playground that they were in initially of feeling like they yeah. could do whatever they wanted and um <laughs> then maybe some tools that were a little too limited in scope because there were some things that they wanted to do like like mm-hmm. they were saying uh-huh. put 10 you know you put 10 npcs in a scene and that that um if a system wasn't designed to do that that then mm-hmm. right. those rules start becoming you, you want I your you want your t- rules to be tools to find solutions instead of barriers to solutions i think when yeah. when you're playing and and it's and you can't necessarily design a set of rules that's going to work that way for everyone all of the time right. so you yeah. know and, and and i and i i just feel like it's important to bring that up in the course of like i know a lot of people have very strong feelings about what game system they're playing and how mm-hmm. um, sure but yeah i mean ultimately it has to do with what works best for your players, what works best for your story. Mm-hmm. Totally true. Personally, for me, I'm so excited for us to go back to D&D. Because again, and I know we've talked about this on our show, like, that's where my comfy little home is. I understand the rules <laughs> of it. And you're most familiar. Yeah. I'm so like, and I think I do think it works well as a storytelling device for a live mm-hmm. play. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm totally jazzed. I can't wait. 
Yeah, I, I get the impression a lot of people are. I wonder if there was enough of a reaction to them leaving Dungeons and Dragons. I feel like that might be the case. And yeah. so they were like, you know what? It worked well the first time. And not only that, it seems to be what people are comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So let's just build that bridge and do that again. Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings. Like, I really like D&D, and I know a lot of other people do, and there's a reason why people use it for a lot of actual play, and I don't think it's just because it's something people are familiar with. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it's been around for a long time, so there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of missteps on that road, too, I think most people would say that there's, but there's been a lot (laughs) of time to to fine tune it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but but they've really been working on it for a long time to try to make it applicable for a large variety of play styles and a wide variety of, of possible situations situations that you might need to be able to deal with and i think having having that much sort of backstory for your game system is really helpful so that you don't realize like oh wait i want to do this thing with my story now and then realize that the game system is not really prepared for that and then you have to try and wing it so um i i understand the decision but i do hope that they they keep trying to do some of these really random, really weird game systems, like for live shows or oh, yeah. one-off episodes. Like I, I, I do really like seeing them play in mm-hmm. um, in other systems as yeah. well. Yeah, I'm I'm also I'm also hopeful that that's how the live shows will continue. Yeah. So I'm gonna steer us back into them kind of helping explain certain things, us finally getting some answers to stuff that we weren't totally sure on. I'm so glad to have Trav's take on Beacon and the reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now it finally makes total sense because i think as we were listening i was like i think i get what's happening and we even discussed it on our show Uh we had our little theories yeah but this makes total sense so i just i appreciate that it's there and (laughs) it was packaged up nice and neat good way to put it trav yeah, and I, I also liked how that um, fed into, like, the information that Justin gave us about his thoughts on it um, and, and about the concept of, of Duck's Destiny. I was yeah. very interested to learn that they never had a discussion about Duck's Ultimate Destiny, right. even though that was, like, a critical character uh-huh. element, um, in terms of the yeah. game system. Um I respect that. Like, I, I'm not necessarily mm-hmm. surprised by that in hindsight that they said that. But initially, my reaction was like, whoa, really? <laughs> that you didn't mm-hmm. talk about this. But I, I loved uh, how Justin put it of um, that it wasn't about accepting or rejecting destiny, that it was about the opportunities that you were that pr- were presented to you and what you choose to do with those. Um, I thought really it was a, a really mature and deep interpretation of, of the idea of the chosen one. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. that I have a lot of respect for. Yes. There were so many ways you could play this character yeah. that could be so bad. And Justin played it so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially because I was convinced that the sort of character who wound up sacrificing everything was going Would- to be Duck. I was sure. Yeah. I was sure from you the first so episode. You were so sure. You really were. <laughs> I feel like this entire time it's been like you're just yeah. like waiting. If it's going to yeah. happen, it's going to be Duck. I know. And I'm, I'm glad that they that they chose to steer away from that because I think maybe that was a bad call on my part in terms of if this had been my story, that that might've been the wrong choice. Um, That that would have been the wrong ending for him and that having him Mm -hmm. uh, decide what to do after being, being the chosen one and having that, that part of his story end, that there was more story beyond that was way more important than whether or not he was willing to be self-sacrificing. Yes. I think I was generally surprised with the depth of the way that they handled the idea of evil um, in the story, I mean, not that they didn't in balance as well. I think that was also very complicated of of how you handle an antagonist. But I admit yeah. that I didn't even see the parallel until Griffin mentioned it of the idea of West Virginia being the setting for a story that was 
um, about people who are uh, being manipulated by an outside force that benefited from their conflict. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, if you know anything about the history of Appalachia and specifically coal mining, I would say would be the, the main thing, although not the only thing, uh, you know, steel was right. also very similar. Right, right. The idea, yeah, I mean, I think the, the parallels were suddenly very clear. That I was like, oh, okay, now I understand where this idea of this this kind of alien force came from, <laughs> that it was not it was not out of context of the setting at all. Yeah, what a brilliant interpretation that, no, I never considered. Yeah, right? yeah, I feel like I should have. I feel like I should have caught on to that, but... <laughs> I was from too far, too far west. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there's so many layers in their stories, um, really. I mean, I think there's um, there's a lot there to is. think about and a, a lot to see. That it's, mm-hmm. um, I think it's good that it's easy to get caught up in the momentum and, and not always stop to think about um, those larger themes. Right. Sure. Maybe we'll have to do more of that in graduation. Remember to take a step back every now and then. <laughs> look at look at what we're really seeing. Oh, what's next? I, I just want to, I really want to know what your all's reaction was to Griffin so aggressively and immediately being on the Stern Barclay train. Is there is there a ship name for that? Mm. Did we come up with I'm one? calling it Burn. Burn, yes, yes. I, it was like, <laughs> Slow I knew, burn, that was it. I thought you'd come up with something really clever and then I couldn't remember what it was. So <laughs> I want to say Nell burn. came up with it, but I was like, oh, it's so good. I, I feel like it might have been a collab. We'll, Probably. we'll have to uh, play the tapes back, Kirby. <laughs> Much, much like like tabletop RPGs, it was a collaborative effort to come up with it their was. ship name. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the best ship names. Yes, I I love how almost even like offhand Griff was about it. Like, yeah. of fucking course they got yeah. together. What was I gonna do? And like, <laughs> yes, absolutely, because this is how we felt too. The moment it presented itself, it was like, duh. Yeah. And Griffin having, you know, had these characters the entire time, duh, of course that's what they're going to do. I, they're going to be in love with each other. I could not have been more excited. I <laughs> I was out on a walk, of course, when I'm listening to it, and I literally got into a run and was, like, jumping. Like, because I Did just you do a, like a, a um, one-handed handspring? Of course. Okay, good. Yes. But, yeah, I, I feel like it's just that validation that... We're not living in a void. We're not seeing yeah. things that aren't there. And Griffin's like, yeah, duh. Like, what else are you going to do <laughs> yeah. with that? Of course. Like, what Obviously a good dynamic. Like, <gasps> look at these two. Oh, yeah. my and heart was full. I was so happy. <laughs> it is. It's so refreshing when you have, I mean, and Brittany has been a victim to this time and time again, where you mm-hmm. have oh. characters in a piece of media and you mm-hmm. are like, I see these two, they seem like they would go well together. And for whatever reason, the creators just won't won't actually confirm yeah. it or they won't do anything and not with even it. That, and they but a lot of times drop. they'll just take them away from each other entirely. Yeah. Like they'll like see they'll what could have happened and be like, okay, we're going to put you on this plane of existence and put you over there. <laughs> like, hold on. Right. You had something yeah. beautiful and amazing. So the only thing I'm upset about is that like, yeah, they didn't follow Stern enough. like oh what a neat side b that would be absolutely because not even just getting to see then him and barclay interact more often but also just getting to hang out with stern more all of us liked stern this Uh whole time well yeah we talked about that briefly before like what would have happened had they gone with him more or had they you know conferred with him could fbi been brought in early would he have been a huge asset would he have started dating barclay way earlier what 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 do we Who know? knows? Oh. There's always unanswered questions in stories, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yes. All the unanswered questions. God bless fan avenue. fiction. You got yeah, exactly. Right. Is for. I, I yeah. gotta get started. I'm gonna have a whole series. 
It's gonna yeah. be I love so it. Good. You will be on that anthology that I we're will. gonna put together. This yeah. my slow burn <laughs> can be my nano rhymo. Oh, I love there it. You go. Yeah. I really might do this. I'm I'm plotting ahead. I think you should. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't exactly surprised by Griffin being supportive of the idea. I think it was more like, oh, wait, he already, he thought of that. That that was was where he, that was always his plan. Um, I think that was what surprised me and delighted me. That was it. Of everything he did not plan, that was the one he was like, oh my God, I (laughs) couldn't believe he didn't take that thing. Yeah. "Ah." Yeah. No, I'm with you, Anne. It was surprising, but refreshing. Yeah, very, Mm -hmm. very. I mean, I, you know, I sort of trusted him to, to be supportive, but. But yeah, yes. I was glad that it was also his ship. That's always nice. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's it. I think that it's not just that. Like, oh yeah, like like with Danny and Aubrey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it probably wasn't like, oh, I'll make her for her. Yeah, more no, just no. like, a, here's my characters. Okay, yeah, I support this. Versus, this is the ship I want to happen. Mm-hmm. Go and then. How much are you guys going to see of it? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I actually sent in um, two questions to to Taz. Mm. Um, which were not directly answered. But I, I do think that now talking about it, that one of them I have now answered for myself, which maybe is what you're supposed to do as a fan. You're just supposed to answer a lot of these questions yourself. But um, just got to get there. I asked about the the framing device of the world, what there was of it, the framing device of the sort of tape effect and whether or not there was a reason for that right. um, thematically. And I actually have a theory about that now, which is that Ooh. I think that... Uh, Maybe after the story ends, if Stern and Barclay wind up together, I think these are Stern's tapes um, oh, that maybe yeah. maybe this story is being is being documented by him. I love this. That's a great idea. That's a good theory. Mm-hmm. That is also the the name of my uh, my spinoff, <laughs> the Stern tapes. <laughs> <laughs> what everything Stern was doing while all this stuff was going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that's all we've got. For this Romancing the Zone Zone. Yep. Yes. And, of course, we listened to Hootenanny and The Ballad of Bigfoot, which we're going to have to find the time to talk about, <laughs> at least touch on both of those, because, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> but for now, we uh, don't have a poll for you this week, but you can always chat with us over on Twitter at Romancing Zone, and we will see you next week to discuss Task Graduation. It comes out this Thursday, as if you could forget. Till then, thanks so much for joining us. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. And we've been Romancing the Zone. Romancing the Zone.